Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today you are getting a solo episode. Today is the first one of these that I've ever done by myself. Today's a Q&A episode. I usually do these with Helena Santos, but she is dealing with some family things, so she is taking a break from the podcast this season, and I'm rolling solo. So I'm a bit intimidated to give solely my opinion on all these topics, but that's the first thing I want to say before we dive in. I asked you guys on Instagram for questions, and I also sourced a bunch from my Patreon folks, and so those questions are going to go first. But that being said, everything you are about to hear is my opinion. Is it an educated opinion? Is it probably a pretty good opinion? Sure, but it is also my opinion. So keep in mind, I am going to do the best I can here, but it's all on me. So Take it with all the grain of salt, and if you're here, you probably enjoy my stuff, so thanks for listening. Let's jump in. I perused these very quickly before recording, but I haven't really spent time with them, so this is going to kind of be a rapid-fire podcast episode. So if my brain doesn't work all the way, I will try to edit out some of the blank space. Okay, first question. Acting things you are most proud of and non-acting thing you are most proud of. Oh, what a lovely question to start with. Okay, the acting thing I am most proud of is... Honestly, surviving this long in this business, it's been the run of a lifetime and my work has been nowhere near consistent, thus the reason we have a podcast, but that is something I'm so proud of. My acting work, I I always think I'm going to like the stuff I've done most recently the best because everything I look back on, I think, oh, I would have done this so differently. And I guess that's just the curse of things living consistently in time. Unlike theater, we can always go and reference them back. So probably the stuff that I shot last year that's going to come out later this year, that is the stuff I am most proud of at this moment, as well as just surviving in this business. Okay, next question. How do you stay strong mentally and emotionally? Well, I don't. (laughs) I am resilient and I bounce back, but I am not strong. I will tell you that my bounce back is strong, but I have days where I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I have a very strong why, and I have a process to taking myself out of funks, which is something I've talked about on the Patreon before, but there are things that I do that bring me back to center. A couple of them are getting outside of myself. Volunteering is a great way to do that or talking with a good friend, going for a walk, that kind of thing, who has a job that's not in the industry. Getting away from yourself and your problems and realizing that the world is so much bigger than you and there are so many other things to contribute to a life beyond just your acting career, that helps with my mentality a great deal. Emotionally speaking, I have found therapy to be rather helpful and journaling and communicating like a boss. I over-communicate basically everything, especially to my husband, because he is the one person I see every single day. And I will tell him, hey, this is where I'm at right now, and it could go bad. (laughs) This could go downhill, and I need you to hold me accountable, or I need you to hold me. 
There are certain ways that I've learned to communicate with my friends like, hey, I'm not going to be very receptive for a while or I need space. Those are things that I just learned with getting older and trusting myself and my emotions more. But over communicating is something that I have gotten very, very good at and helps me just exist in this world. Okay, next question. Leaving reps and the best way to do so politely. I actually just recently left a manager that I was working with and I have an article on onebrokeactress.com. If you search, I think if you look up leaving reps or breaking up with your reps or something like that, uh, that is the name of the article. I'll link it in the show notes below for you guys. But I literally outline exactly how I think you should break up with a rep. I think you should do it professionally. And I think you should keep it short and sweet. Depending on what your relationship is with that rep will dictate whether it is going to be an email or it is going to be a phone call or in the very rare circumstance that you're extremely close with someone, if it's going to be a meeting. I have yet to have a relationship with someone that is so, so, so tight that it would require me to take a meeting with them. The thing is that everyone's time is money and if we have a pretty distant relationship and we're not actually friends, quote unquote, in real life, that's the one time I feel like you could have a real meeting with someone. For me personally, keeping business on hand is important. This means having yourself in an ideal place to handle sending the email, first of all, and laying out what your issues are should they need to know. So if a rep calls you back after you break up with them, answer the phone call. It's just giving them facts and information, right? My favorite tip for this is to have someone who loves you regardless, a husband, a partner, a best friend, a sister, whatever it is, with you when you have to go through this process. I always sit next to Caleb when I send these emails because it gives me so much anxiety and I feel like I'm just doing this alone and what if I made a mistake and oh my God, and I start to spiral. And then also that feeling of having sent it and then having to go back and check your email and wondering when they were going to respond sucks. So I recommend having someone around who can hold your hand through that time. Also, if they can hold your hand, if the phone call comes in, that's really nice too. Okay, next question. Do you have any tips on how to learn to style hair for auditions? Random, but I'm terrible at it. Yo, I used to be really terrible too. YouTube is college. I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching tutorials and I practiced often. I practice when it's not an audition day because I know that if it's something I'm not good at, like uh, smaller curls in my hair or a specific period style, I have to practice beforehand. So play on YouTube, get really deep into that site, save videos that you like and practice them as much as you can. Also, I feel like no one talks about this, but most people in Hollywood are not wearing their own hair. <laughs> so if you feel intimidated because you see people on screen and their their hair looks very different than yours, it's probably because they have some sort of extension in. And if that is something you feel as though would benefit you, I would look into it. I know Audrey Helps Actors has done a podcast before about wearing wigs and getting into that. That's not something I've experienced. I have ridiculously thick hair and I'm very, very lucky. So I've never worn a hair extension, but it's something that a lot of people wear and most people on TV have. So getting them and then learning to style them because that's a whole nother bag of tricks uh, is something I would recommend looking into if it's something you want to spend time and money on because you 
want to spend money on it because the expensive shit is good. Okay. How much time should I spend on acting per week? I have a 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. day job. Okay, here's the thing. There is no number that you do that is the magic key to being a working actor. This is why sometimes other jobs are very appealing because there is an A to Z list. You do this work, you get to this step. You do this work, you get to this step. You climb this ladder. Whereas in acting, I am personally friends with people who booked their first audition for a TV show and haven't looked back since, right? Maybe they've had quiet periods, of course, but they did not have to deal with all of the shit that most of us deal with. There is no proper time to spend on your acting career. Some people never go to acting class. Some people never take a commercial class. And yet they book those jobs all of the time. This is just going to depend on what it is you personally need to work on. And this is where it is such a bummer because it would just be nice if somebody handed us a list and said, hey, if you worked eight hours a week on acting, then you will definitely start booking jobs. There is no guarantees on this. So you really have to work on what you consider work and what makes you feel ready to roll and checks your creative box aside from that. So that could mean that you need to go to class and also do a self-tape on your own every week. That could mean you need to spend an hour to two hours a day reading scripts, watching TV, and working on acting. This is so individual to every single person. And it's annoying because I do wish that I just had an answer that was like, hey, if you spend the equivalent of time on your acting career that you spend on your nine to five job, then your nine to 6 p.m., which is a very long job, then you will absolutely have a lovely career. That's not, that's not really how it works, right? I also think that if you spend the equivalent of a nine to five job working on acting, you will probably burn yourself out very quickly because there will be no end game in sight. There will be no tally marks for you unless you're really, really good at creating them for yourself. I don't know how that would feel good though. I worry about that kind of timeline because with with work, right, you go to work, you work nine to five or nine to six or whatever the job is, and then you get money from it. With acting, if you try to put in that same amount of hours, it doesn't guarantee you any money. It doesn't guarantee you any certain outcomes. There's nothing necessarily gained from exactly working all those hours. Will you become better at it? For fucking sure. But does that mean that you are getting the same out of it that you would need from an hourly job? No. So I would take a really, really close look at yourself and pick one, what area do you want to focus on? Are auditions your problem, right? Is that is that where you really feel like you lose steam? Is it something in script analysis that you feel like you don't understand? Do you feel like you lack an actor community? Is it commercials that you really want to spend some time on? All of these things designate different calls to action. And I would recommend you spend three to six months focusing on one at a time. It doesn't mean you have to do it every single day. I'm going to give you all a permission slip right now in this moment to not act every single day. Just because you spend your weekends hanging out with your friends and going to the movies and having a good time doesn't make you not an actor. It doesn't mean you're not hustling. 
It means you're trying to live a life which will give you more longevity in this career. Please don't feel like you need to be an actor every single day because guess what? You are an actor every single day because you decided to fucking be one. And no one can take that away from you. Please do not give that power to anyone else. But if there are certain skill sets that you want to work on at a certain time, work on those. And within the next three to six months, as you get better at that skill set, I guarantee you that the next thing you want to work on will organically come up. So I wish I had a better foreseeable answer for you, but there is no set amount of time. But I bet if you really sat down and looked at your availability and your schedule, maybe you can work on your acting classes on the weekends. If you're working 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., you probably also need to sleep and eat and do the other things that make you human. So what is your availability? What can you actually spend? What is your time, your money, all the things you can put out there? And what can you do with it with your given circumstances? Okay, we are approaching, I'm going to do three or four more and then the rest are going to go on to Patreon. So how do you respectfully build relationships with casting directors over social media? Well, follow them like a normal person and interact with them like a normal person. If they post a picture of their dog and you think their dog is cute, tell them that their dog is really cute. We overthink this because we think there is just a power struggle going on, but they're existing on social media because they want to exist on social media. If casting does not have a public page on social media, if they if it's not like like Sarah Isaacson is super out there, Jessica Sherman is super out there, these casting people have chosen to put themselves out in the zeitgeist and be findable to you as actors. If people don't have that, then you probably already realize this, but these are not the casting directors for you to network with on social media because they have chosen not to utilize that platform. So the ones that are on there, listen to their Instagram lives, be involved in the things they put out there. If you have a question about something they post, ask the question. Just general human to human contact is the way you're going to respectfully build a relationship because think about the way you would build a relationship with someone you saw on your street every day when you're walking your dog. Maybe you don't have a dog. I don't know. I don't know what that life is. But if you walk your dog every day, you're going to run into the same neighbors on the street. It's the same thing with being on social media. At some point, there will be something you can bond over. At some point, when you're walking your dog and you run into your neighbor, you can both comment on the weather. And then eventually you'll introduce each other's names because if you're like me, I mostly just know your dog's name and then I learn the people's name. That is relationship building. We're thinking too hard. Also, this is my next hot tip on this. Who are you relationship building for? Is it just for you? If everything you're doing on social media is for you and about you, nobody wants to hang out with that guy. I wrote an article also about networking that we will link in the show notes. And I talk about how this version of networking we have in our minds is that slick, sleazy guy who has like a pocket full of business cards and he goes around the party and just hands them out and handshakes with everyone. And that that is why people hate networking oftentimes because they think that that is networking. That is bad networking. That is not the way to build relationships because it is just one-sided. So reconsider how you show up on that platform in general. And if you are trying to build relationships and it's all about you or it's about you getting cast, 
I would reconsider what you see as a relationship because if it's only results oriented, it's not actually a relationship. Okay, I was going to try and go fast, but I'm not doing a good job. Any suggestions for iPad apps to stay organized? Fuck yeah, I love this question. GoodNotes is my jam. I love GoodNotes. I put all my scripts and sides in there. I highlight them, share them as PDFs that way. I also put contracts in there, which is nice because I can save them in one spot. I can also sign stuff in there, which is really great. I have some friends who love Notion very much. I haven't gotten into Notion personally, but it is a big, big one. Uh, Nina the Lawyer, I will link her Instagram below. She has an entire webinar where she teaches how she organizes via Notion and she drops a lot of free content about that. So check her out for that. Also, I do everything now in Airtable. It is where I hold my master calendar for One Broke Actress and my acting audition tracker is now on there. I love the interface. It does cost money for the good features like being able to color code things, which if you're asking me about iPad organization apps, I can only think that you're someone who also enjoys color coding things. And that does cost a little bit of money. I think it's $24 a month, but I run it for the business. So it's a lovely tax write-off. So Airtable is great, but Notion is, I think, a really, really common one that people love a lot. Even though you're older than 18, do you have any advice on getting your parents to let you start acting? First of all, it's really cool that you have something you are passionate about under the age of 18. I am very, very lucky that my family, although they have not always understood the business, that they have always been supportive of my choice to be an actor. If I was under the age of 18, I would say that I would approach this with a hobby mentality of trying it out for fun. I would get into acting classes. And if it's a hobby, if it's an activity, oftentimes parents are much likely more to support that than if you are trying to go gung-ho into going to auditions, missing class, missing school, that kind of thing. Also, getting experience on the side of the world that you're going to be working, figuring out what kind of acting you actually like to do, where you blossom, what is fun for you. That's a great way to get your foot in the door of the business. And then from there, I think it's once you realize what your skill set is, it is going to be easier to talk to them about it. This is going to sound a little off topic, but roll with me on this. When I was 11, I really wanted a hamster. My father, I swear we're getting somewhere. My father absolutely despises rodents. He thinks they are trash. There was no way in hell I was getting a hamster. But I knew my dad, deep down, is very type A, very practical. Hi, daughter of Richard Valentine right here. So 11-year-old me wrote up a two-page report in Microsoft Word on our home computer. And I included a third page that had images printed off. I'm sure they were with clip art from, from Word for sure. And I put it in a file folder stacked in his desk drawer where I knew he opened every single morning. Ladies and gentlemen, my first hamster was named Jello, and he was my birthday present that freaking year. The story is leading me to the fact that if there is something you really, really want to do, you have to prove to yourself and to your parents oftentimes in that age group that you are a professional and you can take it seriously. I somehow managed to take having a hamster seriously. Look at me now. I have three dogs. <laughs> but if you want to get into acting, then I would say start taking classes, start educating yourself on the business, and then work your way into providing it 
as a example of something you would want to do. Parents aren't always going to be supportive because at the heart of most things, 99% of parents that I know just love and protect their children. And those parents might not understand what the business actually looks like. So the more you can immerse yourself in it without committing to it yet uh, would be a great educational tool for yourself and them. I hope that is helpful and I'm really, really excited for you. Okay, I'm going to answer one more question and then I'm going to take the rest of these, which I think there's there's quite a few, but the rest of these are going to be on a bonus episode in the Patreon. So if you have not yet joined the Patreon, check it out. It's linked in the show notes. It's onebrokeactress.com slash Patreon. Our lowest tier is $4 a month. You get a bonus podcast every single month. You get so much of this content. And we have new tiers that include Study Buddy, which is study halls every single month, twice a month for a couple hours with myself and the rest of the community. And there is also a tier that is one-on-one that gets you a one-on-one meeting every single month with me. Those are limited and they're almost sold out. But if that's something you're interested in, check out the Patreon and uh, it will be linked in the show notes. Okay, last question for today. I'm thinking of pursuing acting and I'm almost 28. Do you think that's too old? I'm going to nip this in the bud right now because I get this question every single day. And I'm not upset that it's repetitive. I'm upset because someone told you that you were too old to join a business that employs people of every single age. I hate that people think that beyond the age of 18 or 20 that they are too old to start acting. You are never too old to start acting. I'm going to repeat that because if you take one thing away from this podcast, it can be this one. You are never too old to start acting. There is no card moment in which people look at you and say, you're too old. You just are going to audition for different roles. Your place in the business is going to be different based on your age, based on your type, based on the things you excel in, based on the area you live, based on your market. Those are all going to change the type of roles you go out for and the type of training you might need to do to prepare yourself for them. So, no, you are not too old to start acting. My question is, why now? What changed? Is it something you've always wanted to do and don't feel like you did it before? Is there something that you that you feel called to creatively? Is it just something you always loved? If the answer of any of these questions is yes, then get in an acting class. Start acting. You don't need to have a rep to start acting. You don't need to have headshots to start acting. You can get in a class tomorrow and start learning acting. And then it will make you better when you do decide to get all of those things because you will know yourself better. You will know what you enjoy. You will know the places you fit and you'll start to build a community. Anyone can start acting at any time. You just have to go do it. If you are not in a place where financially you are able to take on a class, then start looking for online communities where people run admin groups. There are tons of actors out there who will sit down and talk to you about their stuff They will share sides with you. There are a lot of places you can do this on Facebook and other ways. Start to create your actor community and just start getting in the process. Also, there is a chance that you enjoy acting as an activity, but you don't enjoy the acting business. I want to give you that permission slip too today, guys. That's okay. It's okay if the thing you love doesn't become the thing that is your career. Because there are a lot of parts of the business that people who love acting fucking hate. There are parts of this business and there are a lot of 
a lot of truths about it that don't sit well with some people. The inconsistency, the weird hours, the day-to-day life, the requirements of your time and of your energy and of your family's sacrifices. Some people don't want that life and that's perfectly okay. You can do theater. You can do acting class. You can still play. You can still live in that role. You just might not do it professionally. Now, if that's not you, if you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing this. Amazing. Get into class. Start learning. Start brushing up on your skills. If you feel like you're already in a really good place, awesome. But if you haven't acted in a while, I would suggest you start doing it in a classroom because it's different now than it was one year ago, two years ago. The call for authenticity is different. The way we self-tape and audition is different. The way that Zoom works for acting is very, very different. You want to start practicing all of these things and you don't want to start reaching out to reps immediately. You want to get better at your skill and get immersed in the business if that is the side of this you want to tackle. Also, you can take the Working Actor Workshop, by the way. Classes are open in June. You would be a great fit for it. If you want to see what the day-to-day life of a working actor is really like, you can also follow any of my stuff for free, but I highly recommend the workshop if you are jumping into the business side of things. Danielle Kennedy's podcast episode is also amazing. I will link that below too. She raised an entire family before she really dove into her acting career. She started acting. She took a break. She raised, I think it was five kids or eight kids, some insane amount. And now you turn on the TV and she's in Sex Life of College Girls and she's in Ghostbusters and she's just living her life. She had a huge role in Narcos. There is no timeline for this career. And it's amazing and it's awful. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything all rolled into one. Okay, that was our Q&A episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope it was helpful. If you enjoyed it, if you took something away from it, The most free thing you can possibly do for me is review this podcast. I would sincerely appreciate it and it means a lot to me and it means a lot to other actors because it means it shows up in the algorithm a little bit more for them. If you want to go a step further from reviewing, also free, you can share it on your Instagram and tag me. That's amazing. We love a word of mouth. Beyond that, you guys, the Patreon is available. The Working Actor Workshop is available. You guys always know where to find me at onebrokeactress.com or on the Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you next week.